Hello, and welcome back to Creator Conversations. This is a podcast where I interview streamers and other creators about what they do, why they do it, and much more. If any of you don't know me, I am T-Rex, or Troy, and I stream at twitch.tv slash T-Rex. That's T-W-R-E-C-K-X underscore. For this episode, we have a truly impressive streamer joining us, Knackers. The production quality of his stream is something that I am constantly impressed by. His level of professionalism is immense, and he is an incredibly nice and genuine human. I reached out to him following a recommendation from I Am Space Shark, and he responded with kindness. This is the first time we talked in person, and we hit it off. I try to keep these episodes under an hour, but this went for two. It is filled with great and interesting conversation, so a big shout out to Knackers for being incredibly approachable and willing to participate in this project. That is N-A-A-A-C-K-E-R-S everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram. He is also the host of the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast. He has a wonderful resource on his website for anyone looking to get into streaming or to improve their current stream, his streamer encyclopedia. He deserves more followers for how impressive his content is, so I urge you to please go show him some love. This podcast is bi-weekly, and I will try to keep to that schedule to the best of my ability. If you have any recommendations for creators you would like to see on the podcast, Tweet us at CreatorConvoPod on Twitter. If you enjoy the podcast, we ask you to tell one friend who you would think would find some enjoyment or interest in this. Just one. If you tweet that recommendation at them on Twitter and at us, we'll shout you out on the show. Once again, that is CreatorConvoPod on Twitter. Thank you all for listening, and let's get into the interview with the truly admirable Knackers. Hello and welcome to uh, the Creator Conversations podcast. I uh, really appreciate you being here. And uh, to begin, I'd like you to uh, just introduce yourself and uh, tell everyone a little bit about what you do. Oh, man. Uh, hi. Thank you for having me on. My name is Knackers. I am a streamer on Twitch, obviously. <laughs> I uh, I kind of I focus right now. I focus a lot on single player campaigns. Uh, I do. I produce two podcasts, uh, Crocs and Hot Pockets and Audio Snack. And um, kind of in my off time uh, and off time, meaning like not gaming, I like to do kind of craft stuff. So I like building keyboards and kind of, you know, assembling like microcontrollers and things with LEDs and stuff like that. So that's kind of like my main my main shtick is I'm just uh, a tech enthusiast who loves video games, technology. Um, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of audio and I like tinkering with stuff. And that's uh, that's about me in a nutshell. Awesome, man. I. uh I want to talk about all of these things, but we'll we'll get to it all eventually. All right, sweet. Uh, so knackers, yeah. What, what? Where does that name come from? Uh, so way it's funny because I I just had this conversation um uh, last week, and it's always interesting because some most people hear my name and they just go, "Oh, balls!" Right? And <laughs> if they're from Ireland, they're like, "Oh, okay." Um, I think knackers in Ireland means like foreigner or traveler. Uh, and not in a good way at all, like in a bad way. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like like the the Native Americans yeah. refer to uh, us people who took the land, kind of not good way. So uh, uh, before before my last before Twitch, I was a part of an online PC gaming community, and before that, I was. Have you ever heard of the band Coheed and Cambria? 
Yes, absolutely. Okay. So way back in the day when people didn't have Discord, we used to go on this archaic uh, thing called forums and you had to post <laughs> and refresh the page in order to see other people's responses. Uh, so there was a, a website, a, a web forum called Cobalt and Calcium, which is basically a parody of their band name. But it was a forum dedicated to that band. Uh, not necessarily to music, but, you know, just it was a fan ran website. And I was a part of that website for so long. Uh, I think I started when I was 17. And I want to say I was there for anywhere between three to five years. It's like those early years are all such a blur. And um, that was that that website was kind of my first introduction into online communities it's the the first time that i actually met up with people that i met on the internet sorry mom and dad you guys were terrified i know <laughs> <laughs> and um the the head admin of that website you said because my my real name is nick and so there's like nick knickknack knickerbocker like there's, there's all these different versions of my name and uh and one day he just started calling me knackers and uh, he would always he would call me and he would leave me voicemails of like really short voicemails that would just be like hello knackers call me <laughs> goodbye and that's all he would ever say and um so that i it kind of stuck with me cuz you know it was close enough to my first name and uh nobody else calls themselves balls so i thought it was a good <laughs> that was a good option to go with oh of course uh yeah, I I listened to the new uh Coheed and Cambria album not too long ago. I had a good time with it. I so okay, this is where I, I am virtually egged by Coheed fans because I I have a dragonfly tattooed on my arm for uh -huh. from the band and it, it half represents the time that I spent with the band, um, you know, as a fan, and then the other half of it represents um, you know, my, my time with the, the online community. Because by the time I had left that community and, and started pursuing other things. Uh, I had gone on close to 30 trips around the United States and into Canada, meeting up with people from that website. Whoa. Yeah. So I was, I was a fiend. Like I was just going around, going on vacations and I know what people think. They're like, okay, th this guy was going to gang bang. See 30, 30 meetups in four years. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, so um, I, I have been with Coheed since their demo days, you know, since their very first album. So by nature, I really like their older stuff and yeah, they're yeah. not so newer stuff. And I've tried listening to the new stuff, but mm. I, between the time that I started listening to Coheed over 12 years ago, I mean, my musical tastes have changed and obviously them as a, as a, a creative outlet, their, their version of what they want their music to be has changed. Like their, their tastes have changed and I just, yeah. I, I don't, Here's another crazy thing that you might you might want to dive into later. You might not. It's it's all up to you. But I don't listen to a lot of music nowadays. Really? really? Yes. And uh, it, it scares me a tiny bit. It's a little bit worrisome. But at the same time, I'm I'm choosing to occupy my time with other things um, instead of music. So it's not all bad. Interesting. Interesting. Um, talking about music. I had this question, but we'll do it now. OK, um, <laughs> sorry. I No, it's all right. Uh, I know that you play some like music at the beginning of your streams and stuff. Yes. Um, where do you acquire this music? Because I I know you're the, like a you believe in like the non copyright music on stream, right? Absolutely, yeah. And 
Not because I want to. Like, if I could play the music that I loved all of the time, I would absolutely do that. Not that I don't like the music that I play nowadays, but I actually kind of think there, there's a weird scenario that I've made up in my head that because I spend so much time streaming and I can't listen, like, because when I'm streaming, it's one of the few times where I'm able to listen to music. Mm-hmm. I feel like because I can't, it has created this weird negative relationship with music. Like, oh, I, I'm not supposed to be. It's, it's this weird subconscious thing. Like, I'm not a doctor, but I, I have a feeling that not being able to listen to the music that I want 20 to 30 hours a week has created this weird relationship with music. Yeah. Um. So for the for a while, I was using Pretzel Rocks, which is a $10 a month subscription. It might even be cheaper now. It might even be $5 a month where... You download this music player called Pretzel, and it plays music um, that has only been submitted by people who are okay with having their music played. Um, so, it, so it's a 100% um, copyright-free platform for music. And I do believe that the artists get paid by the platform. I mean, I would hope so. If they don't, then you know, just cut out my... Uh, <laughs> my support of pretzel rock <laughs> but um but yeah you know i used that for a while um i just recently switched over like i kind of went through all of my monthly pay, all my monthly bills strictly for streaming and mm-hmm. was seeing what all of these one three five ten dollar subscriptions every month were adding up to and turns out it's adding up to a lot so um, a couple months back, uh, Pretzel Rocks was one of the things that got the axe. I would like to go back to it at some point. Um, for right now, I usually just find either lo-fi hip hop or synthwave playlists that are created by um, Creative Commons artists or that were assembled by you know songs that are only Creative Commons. Um, this is kind of a, a hack, and I don't necessarily recommend it, but in certain genres of music... Because the artists are so small, they're way less likely to get picked up by the listening algorithm that things like yeah. Twitch and YouTube use. Um, I would say that Twitch is, isn't as good as YouTube's. Um, YouTube, you put any song and it's it's yeah. ID in it. Um, yeah. But I found with chiptunes and, and synthwave and lo-fi hip hop, there's so many um, more, more giving um, and more gracious people in those genres that aren't so psycho about their music being played anywhere. Um, Mm -hmm. So I tend to stick to those playlists. Um, I'm lucky because I enjoy those. You know, I know people that don't like electronic music or dubstep. They have a harder time because all the music that they love is copyrighted to hell. And, uh, and they, I, they don't get it as easy. So I, I consider myself lucky that I enjoy a genre of music that isn't as policed as hard as other ones. Totally. Um, are there, what are the, like the repercussions of playing copyrighted music on stream? I know that they'll like mute your VODs, right? But is that it? That, so that is the only punishmentless repercussion. How do I word this? So you, you get your, your VODs muted and that's pretty much the end of it. The, the, the problem is at any time, the owner of that content can come to your channel and see that you have a VOD up using their music and they can f- flag your channel. And mm-hmm. when, when a, a record company or an owner, copyright owner flags your channel, Twitch doesn't go and check 
oh, I wonder what song he used or is this legit? They just suspend your channel so that the content is gone as fast as possible. And then they go and do the research afterwards, which is kind of one of content creators biggest complaints is that it, it's banned first research later. Yeah. Um, but I mean, here's the thing. If you don't write, if you don't use copyright music, it's, it's not something you got to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. So it's preventative. Yes, absolutely. And it depends on how smart you want to be with it. I believe after three DMCAs, it is a permanent ban from Twitch. Oof. Yeah. Um, That's spooky. Now I've watched streamers for five years who play copyright music every day, all day. They've never got a DMCA. And then you've got like little Miss Sally, who's been streaming for a year and she plays uh, like fat bottom girls once for like 30 <laughs> seconds because that's her mass sub gift alert uh, yeah. thing. And, and then she's, she's banned. And um, so I, anytime anybody ever asks me, Hey, can I play copyright music on stream? I just say no, but explain afterwards instead of saying yes. And then be like, but if you do this, it's just, just don't because do you really want to be the scapegoat of that? No, no, that's interesting. And I feel, I, I don't know in my group of streamers, uh, a lot of people use like song requests. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty scary. Yeah. That, and that kind of goes into a whole another realm where I've strayed away from. Um, so there's a lot of things that you can do as a streamer that will encourage growth a little bit faster. And those things include sound effects, uh, sub only games, you know, um, donate to get into games. Uh, and I want to talk about getting games. I mean, like get into VoIP uh, song requests. Mm. Like you said, there's all of these viewer inclusive features that you can bring to your channel but I have always stayed away from all of them because of the potential risk. Uh, yeah. Even if the risk is small, the the couple viewer bump just to have that enabled on my channel is not worth the potential of wiping my history off of Twitch um, yeah. because somebody decided to get stupid. So I've yeah. I've never done sub games. I've never brought a random person into VoIP. Uh, the only time I've ever done song requests is when I've done streams where I'm able to pay attention 100%. You know, when you're, when you're playing a game and you do song requests, sometimes you're not always paying attention and mm -hmm. you can't act fast if some vulgarity pops up. Yeah. Um, and I only ever do it if I know that I have mods that are watching at the same time. So, gotcha. but that, I probably haven't done a song request stream in, oh, I don't know, two or three years. I just don't, I don't trust it. The fun is not worth the risk for me. Yeah, that's understandable. Scary though. It is scary because it should be fun, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, um, this is going to sound weird. I don't follow sports at all. But oh, I, me neither. But I listen to <laughs> sports radio every day. Whoa. Yeah, because okay. I, I love all the casters throughout the entire day. I think there's, there's three different sets of broadcasters every day on Monday through Friday, and they're all really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you allow? It's okay if I swear. Do you allow swearing? Yeah, it's cool. Okay, all right. I was because I was gonna say they're fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's and right. the way that they interact with each other, I just and I get a really good vibe. And being somebody who produces podcasts, you know, I've learned a lot. And um, they have the, you know, they have those machines, the buffer machines, where even if somebody comes in, starts swearing, starts throwing like racist terms out there. They can just go boop and buffer and just yeah. not even 
they just remove that person's call from the air. And I'm like, man, I really wish that I could do a call in show because I would do that every day. But the I I don't want to spend ten grand on a machine to make that yeah, happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I worked at a. Uh, I I get I what I didn't really work. I volunteered at a radio station okay. when I was in college, and um, when we were a DJ there, they they had this big red button, and um, the whole <laughs> radio show was on a seven second delay. Okay. And we were not allowed to stream the F word. Whoa. So if, okay. If an F word ever came up, like we played a song that we didn't know it was there. We tried to not have songs in the library that had it in there. Right. But if it ever happened, you, uh, you press that big red button and it would delete the last seven seconds of play. Oh, so you only had seven seconds to get to yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's, it's interesting that like that seven seconds, I don't know. It just seems cool. Like it, the idea seems cool that Twitch could maybe, Cause like there's a slight delay in your stream, right? Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. So why couldn't I, like if somebody came in and said something totally awful, maybe someday we could have something where I could just click a button and like have a black screen for 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. Or just like mute the audio. As soon as that's possible, the Knackers radio show hits Twitch. I'm (laughs) I'm immediately doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's kind of cool. There's uh, actually pretty soon um, I'm trying. I've been doing the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast for three and a half years, coming up on four. And it's a long time. It is. It is a long time. When I think about it, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am. I'm trying out something called roulette where I let people sign up for 15 minute segments. So oh. I by the end of the show, I will have eight guests that I've never had on the show before. Oh, that's um, cool. And so and but you run into the same issue. Like, you know, what is somebody going to ask? What is somebody going to say? Totally. Um, so that scares me. Um, we're kind of doing a vetting process where, you know, you have to have been following the channel for a certain amount of time. You know, you mm. have to be in discord. You have to verify who you are uh, so that there's a, a little bit of a hurdle that somebody has to jump over if they want to troll that badly. Uh, mm. But yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of work, but it's interesting and original. So yeah, I, I, I haven't seen anything like it um, other than obviously like the Raj Royale podcast, um, which I can't stand, but it's obvious that <laughs> people want to see that yeah. train wreck. Uh, totally. No pun intended. Um, but hey, everybody's got their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a different note, your your symbol or character or whatever is a, is a clown, right? Yes. Why the clown? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so multiple reasons. Um, going back, did you have question for you? Did you have a high school graduation party? Um, I'm not really. I mean, like, like a family party. Yeah, like family yeah. was like, oh my god, my son graduated high school. Let's invite over all of our friends, and they'll give you gifts. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, so I asked that question on stream, and most of my community was like, "What the fuck, you privileged child?" Really? <laughs> yeah, I, th- people I thought, don't do that. I guess not. I guess not. Um, wow. Yeah. So, uh, at eighteen years old, graduated high school. One of my best friends was on his way to my house, and he realized that he had not gotten me a gift. So he stopped at a Salvation Army, walked in. Saw this clown sitting on a shelf, walked out, didn't wrap it, didn't prep it whatsoever, <laughs> walked up to me immediately as soon as he arrived. And he just goes like, happy graduation and hands that clown to me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one that uh, sits behind you when you stream, right? Yep, Yeah, that's Bozo. Um, so 
he had he had always been around in my office. You know, he had gone from house to house to house. He always just kind of hung out, always got a good laugh from people that came into the bedroom, uh, especially girls. Lots and lots of girls in the bedroom. I just want to say. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, please don't please don't cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> uh, so when I started streaming, I actually started streaming on another account. Um, when I first started, I streamed on that one for a year and then I took a break and then I came back and I, and I started a new channel. Well, he would just sit on an Arizona tea can in front of the camera, like right next to me. So, and that's when I didn't have a green screen before I had a green screen, the webcam would be in the corner. It would be me on the left side of the camera capture and then him just sitting there on the right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And again, it always just like got a reaction. Somebody would come and chat and be like, what the F is that clown yeah. doing? <laughs> and uh, so it kind of, he always just was there. Um, obviously him sitting on the table next to me got old. So I, I duct taped him to the back of my chair and he hung out there for a while. And then he made his way to the wall. Um, I was always very intrigued with people who portrayed uh, this, themselves as a character on their stream. Um, mm-hmm. So like uh scribbly, uh, Dr. Disrespect. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Oh my God, Burke Black, you know, people who played a character. Um, but I knew that watching them was awesome, but I knew that I would never want to play a character for three, four, five, six hours a day, right? Yeah. I, I, I want it to be me. Um, but what I found out is that if you have a character that you can switch to and use at will, it, it gives you kind of both sides. It allows you to be yourself. But then at the same time, when you want to do something in character, maybe something a little bit more rambunctious, you can switch over to somebody like Bozo the Clown, act out your thing, and then go back. Um, if One of the most beneficial reasons I have found to have him is if somebody's being a complete douchebag in chat and I don't want to respond with anger as myself, I can switch over to the clown and scream. And because the voice changer makes it sound funny, nobody can really tell if I'm angry or not. It, it allows me to scream my lungs out in my office and get that rage <laughs> out of my system. And, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, it's the streamer didn't yell at you. The character did. So, you know, what are yeah. you going to do? So it's a little bit of a, a protective barrier. Um, and then it just, it just adds a lot of different creative aspects to the stream where I, you know, I can bring him in as a player too. Um, you know, we've done new segments, we've done special intros with them. It, it just allows me to be creative um, outside of yeah. myself. Yeah. I saw, I saw your edit of like a whole bunch of news segments. Of, uh, of clowns. <laughs> oh, I had so much fun. Oh, <laughs> I, uh, I can't remember what I used that for. I think I had taken back in January. I took the first, break that lasted more than a week for the first time in three years. And I think I took a three week break and it it was a long time, but it felt amazing. And in my off time, um, I edited that video. I always tell people, and this is coming from somebody who used to have a countdown on their stream. Never use countdowns when you're starting a stream. You, you, you go live, you turn your webcam on and you, you show people that you are there right then and there. You immediately start responding to people. Um, that way, when people see the go live notification on their phone or on Discord or, or on Twitter, they, they don't say, oh, well, he has a 15 minute screen, so I'll just go back in 15 minutes. And you know what they do? They forget. And then they never show up. Um, that's, but if you're community... Oh, yeah. And it's something that I didn't realize at first. If, if your community knows 
you're going to be there and interacting as soon as you go live. They're way more inclined to to come and hang out. Um, so the flip flop of this is if you never use countdowns, when you do use them, people are like, what the fuck? What's going on, dude? Six <laughs> minutes left. We have no idea. So after my three week break, I put a 10 minute countdown. It was just a white screen, black text, and then it dimmed to black. That video played. And then we kind of did our <laughs> intro back into Twitch. And uh, it, was awesome. a re- it was a really, really good time. So always recommend using countdowns as little as possible because then you, you really you build up the uh, the anxiety. Yeah. Interesting. Good. I, I love the I love the advice. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's one of the main reasons why. I do the podcast is because I yeah. really like talking to people and getting different advice and different perspectives. Um, it's, it's one of the, the best parts about being able to broadcast what you do because you, you get to broadcast your learning process. Totally. It's a, it's a great podcast as well. Thanks. Stop it. I'm blushing. <laughs> I appreciate it. Man. I've, I've worked really hard at it and I'm really starting to hear that people are enjoying it. And, you know, in the past year and it's, uh, it's, it's filled my heart. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. Thank you. Um, how did you get into streaming as a whole? So alluding back to the gaming community that I talked about before Twitch, uh, my brother started a PC gaming community called GSN Gaming. Uh, it was him and probably five or six in his buddies, uh, five or six of his buddies in a basement here in uh, Metro Detroit, Michigan. And they would always kind of play Call of Duty, Half-Life, you know, they have servers set up on site and and they would just play locally. And I eventually started gaming with them. And then he turned it into a website where people could from all over could come and play games. And we ran servers like Battlefield, Call of Duty. Uh, We actually had two of the top four Arma 3 Altus Life servers at the time um, when they were running. And it was at the absolute worst time to run a community. I don't know if you've ever been involved in a, a online gaming community that focuses around RP. No, it, no, totally it, not. It's the worst. It makes you hate video. It makes you hate life, but it makes you hate video games. <laughs> um, have managing an RP community is, is absolute trash. Like I don't like to say, I never like to use the word cancer as a way to describe something, but RP has a high probability to become cancerous. It it just, people take it way too seriously. There's, there's ages all over the spectrum and the toxicity spreads like cancer throughout. And it is, it's just so toxic and so dangerous. And I will never ever do it again. Um, No more RP. No. I mean, I would like to get involved in RP. I will never get involved on the community level. I will just be, Bozo the clown on the server and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so ran that community for a super long time and, um, or my brother did, I helped him manage it for a few years and eventually he said, Hey, I just found this super cool website and I, I believe it had just transitioned from Justin TV to twitch.tv. Mm-hmm. And he said, there is a way where we can broadcast what we play to other people on the internet and they can talk and chat. And at that time he saw it as a tool for our community to broadcast our gameplay, especially yeah. like the RP stuff and the stuff before then. And he was like, we could, we could just show other people what we're doing. And when we do community days where 20 of us get in a battlefield server, we can stream different people's perspectives and squads. 
And um, it was just a way for us to share our gameplay with each other that didn't involve, you know, frapsing a four gigabyte 10 minute file and dropboxing it to each other. And um, (laughs) so at that time, we just saw it as a way to share. And we didn't at that time, nobody realized that people were living off of streaming video games. We didn't didn't even know what Twitch was capable of back then. Yeah. Um, So after watching him kind of dabble in it, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll start accounting. I'll start broadcasting. Same thing. We were just broadcasting to other people in the community. And then eventually you realize that there are people who do this full time. There's people who support themselves and their families doing it. And people start coming into the chat that aren't involved in your gaming community. And it's just, it it took off from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Does that community still exist in any form? It does not. Uh, I believe officially it shut down probably a year and a half, two years ago. Um, Some say it was the RP that tore the community apart. Some say that it was the introduction of discord. So we were a, Mm online forum and team speak centered community. So if you wanted to communicate, you either got on the forum and communicated that way, or you got in the team speak server. Um, There obviously there were, there was one V one or like private messaging in team speak for the most part. If you wanted to talk with anybody, you, you got in a channel and you talked Um, discord came out. Everybody had the ability to rent their own discord or to, to use their own discord server for free and that really segmented um, the community. You know, everybody kind of went off into their own clicks. The the group or the community voice channels for our game servers were no longer filling up. Um, and you know, just the the way people interacted with video games it, it changed ever since totally. Discord. And you know, with Discord, I would say, Alan, like, do you go to forums at all nowadays to communicate no, with people? Never. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much dead. And there's still people out there who think that it can come back to life, but it, it's gone. It's gone. No way. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I believe that community was around probably for six or seven years. And I spent a lot of my time there again, after I, I stopped going to the cobalt and calcium website, I started going hardcore into this PC gaming website, a lot of meetups. Um, some of the people from that gaming community are my best friends to this mm-hmm. day. And I still talk to a lot of people from them. Um, we go to TwitchCon together. We go, you know, we, we meet up all over the United States and uh, I have very, very fond memories of that place. But yeah, that community kind of broke up. There's a couple other ge- communities that popped up since then. Um, but you know, it's, it's never quite the same, right? Is your, is your brother still involved in the gaming community? No, it's, it's actually disbanded. I don't even think the, the website, the domain is registered anymore. <laughs> is he, is he doing anything else though? Is he streaming or anything? Nope. No, he, he stopped streaming about two years ago. He's focusing on personal life, got a new job that he's doing really well at. And, uh, he hasn't, he hasn't streamed for quite some time. I, I think he, he's done like one or two randomly in the past couple of years, but no, I haven't seen him live in quite some time. Cool. Yeah. Um, how long have you been doing this then? My first stream came. April of 2013. So that was, yeah, so that was six and a half years coming up on coming up on seven. So I always get myself confused because I started in April of 2013. I streamed for like 11 months, like just under a year. And then I stopped because I had just gotten a house with one of my best friends who played music and I had never gotten into playing music. So we started like a two man band and I always had this dream of playing a show. 
So I practiced playing drums for a year and then we played a basement show like a year later and then I stopped playing music. (laughs) (laughs) It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, And then so there was a, when I went to go invest in playing music, I had sold my gaming computer and I had not gamed for over a year. Um, When the music thing ended, I built a new gaming PC and I started a new Twitch account because I thought I needed to change my name by two letters. And uh, I've been streaming on that account since July of 2014. Gotcha. Why do you Why do you have three A's in your name? Because uh, one was taken. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty much everywhere, um, Knackers with one A was taken on every social yeah. media platform. And I'm like, well, does anybody ever put three A's in their name? Nope. Cool. So nope. I pretty much have that name on every single platform. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever people read my name in chat, they go, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you you took a break and then you came back on a different account. So on that account, you probably had some Twitch sea legs at that point. Sea legs? Yeah, like you you kind of knew the gist of what you were doing going into it. Yeah. Uh, I think. If you were to look back at my VODs, <laughs> you would disagree. <laughs> uh, I would say that I didn't know what I was doing on Twitch until yeah. about three years ago. Um, really? Yeah. My, my first couple years while I did it often, you know, I did one to two streams a week, almost every single week. I was not seeking out advice. I wasn't learning. I wasn't trying to uh, curate my stream to anything that was watchable. You know, I, mm-hmm. I always say that there's some people who play games and stream them. And then there are people who stream. And I mm-hmm. think there is a significant tectonic mindset shift that happens between those two things, uh, between those two um, mindsets. And you either hit it and you make changes and you see change or you just keep just playing video games and streaming them because you really don't have a, you know, you don't have a desire to make anything out of it. You just, you just want to stream. Interesting. Yeah, totally. So what changed? What made you realize that you wanted to up your production quality and your entertainment value? That's a good question. I would say, obviously when you're, when you're a young streamer, when you're just a tiny boy and you're looking at other people, the first gut, like the knee jerk reaction is always jealousy, right? You mm-hmm. see other people, you see them. They've got a lot of people in their chat and, you know, they've got tips, they've got, they've got subs and you're like, Oh my God, I, if only I could just, if I only, I could just do that, you know, I would be happy. Um, you end up chasing the dragon at that point because you're, you're always comparing yourself to other streamers. You're always trying to acquire what other people have. Um, even though you're like, I don't even like the same things that this person likes, but yeah. for some reason I want exactly what they have. And um, talking about, you know, cancerous mindsets, that is probably one of the worst totally. that you can have as a, as a streamer. Um, I, you know what? I don't really know. I don't know if there was ever a specific time where I said, you know, this specific event made me change my mind and I want to yeah. start doing better. I think, I just saw the potential of what a, a live stream could be. If you put time into it, if you decided to learn the technology that was involved with it, you know, I just saw a, a place where I could grow as an individual um, personality wise. And I, th- I saw an option where, I, or I saw an opportunity where I could learn technology, um, you know, specifically totally. in, in audio and video and yeah. holy shit, which I have, I just, 
Oh my god, the audio drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> was was the uh, was the improvement gradual or was it like a I need to be good tomorrow? Like, no, no. Um, I have always been a slow DIY learner to where instead of instead of going out and just trying to do everything right immediately and try and be the best, I, I tackle kind of one thing at a time and go, okay, this is what I want to get good at this month, or this is what I want to get good mm-hmm. at this year. And obviously, somebody just starting out, they don't necessarily have the budget to invest in all of the things that enable you to be a good streamer. Now, I almost messed up and said, don't have the budget to be a good streamer because there's that obvious misconception that you need the best of the best in order yeah. to put out a good show. Um, you can have the best audio, the best overlays, the best camera. But if people can't listen to you talk for more than three minutes, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. Um, one of the, I would say as of more recently, probably in the past year or two, one of the best things that I decided to try and improve was my conversation skills. Um, so I would say about a year ago, I made the choice to eliminate writing scripts for the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast. I would not write anything. I would not pull articles. Um, I would not try and write out topics that I wanted to expand on. I would just start the show, have a genuine conversation with my friends and just see where it went from there. And that forces you to do a couple things. It forces you to listen to the other person. Because if you don't pay attention to what they're saying and you're just focusing on what you want to say next, the conversations just die abruptly. You just go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, OK, so next thing. And you yeah. really it forces you to work on your conversational skills. And at that point, I started doing research, finding out, like, what's the best way to navigate conversation? What are what are cues that you can look for to pursue or um, not pursue a certain uh, topic um, when you're with somebody personally, what's some body language that you can look at to, to find out, you know, what's the best way to take this conversation so we can provide the best content for the person listening. And um, I would say that that was one thing where I wanted to get better at because I knew it would make my content better at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, do you, do you think that it was successful? Oh, absolutely. I, I have, I've gotten more compliments on the quality of the podcast in the past year than I have over the, the, the full three years of doing it. Um, and I would say the podcast is nowhere. I, when I started the show, it was exactly what I wanted it to be, but it turns out that what I wanted it to be was not what people wanted to listen to. Um, nobody, nobody wants to listen to four of the same guys talk about the same thing and all agree always every other week. Right. Totally. Yeah. So that can get that can get old. And so I said, OK, well, what's a way that I can still do this podcast, still make it something that I wake up wanting to do, but also make it, a, you know, something that somebody else will want to listen to. And, and that's where you start. You start trying new things. You start inviting on new guests. You try new uh, script templates. You try new segments and you just kind of see what sticks. And then eventually you, you come up with a final product after years and years and years of, of, of switching things out. That's super interesting and uh, inspiring. Um, but well, how do you think this translates to to streaming? Because like a podcast is one thing, right? Where it's right. like kind of condensed and like needs a needs a point, you know? Right. Um, but streaming, you can you can kind of it's a little more laid back, and it's 
maybe not quite as like, I don't know. I don't want to say like professional or, um, you know what I mean? Like, it's not all there. Like, it's more of like, I'm sitting and, and hanging out with people. Right. How, how do you, how does your, how does like shaping your personality translate to being a better streamer? So to address one of the first things you said where pot, like podcasts have to have a point, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's what I kind of tried to abandon. Um, and not fully because when I think about guests that I want to have on the show, uh, like just recently I had somebody named Lobo Styles Han and he yeah. is, he is a influencer manager, um, for reverb. And I'm like, okay, not only, first of all, the reason I wanted to reach out to this person was because he works in the industry and he loves tech. And we always seem to be commenting on the same tech posts. You know, we're interested in cameras and photography. I'm like, I want to have this person on. And the second thought process is, you know what? This is somebody who has worked in the industry for the past two years, who has been researching the industry for the past eight, has a immense passion for video games and working with people. He probably has a lot to say. And I think he has a great deal of things that I want to like milk from his brain for for a lack of a better term. I, I want to know what, how he, how he feels, how he goes day to day. And, you know, maybe there's some light that he can shed for, for people who are, you know, not in the know, especially when it comes to something as volatile as game keys and having to be the person that delivers yeah. game keys to people. Um, so that I, I, I think of a guest like that going, okay, I know I want to tackle this particular subject. Um, but I, I, I don't write like, okay, these are the 19 questions that I know I for sure want to ask. Um, and th- that's just because that's the, the particular podcast that I want to produce. I'm not saying that's the wrong way to do it. Yeah. Um, because sometimes like, uh, let's say drop frames, um, after they first released bits to the platform, they had a, a Twitch staff employee who was going to be on specifically to answer questions. So obviously it seems like a good idea to, ask your community, Hey, what questions do you want me to ask? And then pick the best 20 and then just run through them because mm-hmm. that's why we're having you on the show. Um, for me, I am looking to find like-minded people, you know, build great friendships with people that I never would have had the chance of meeting and, and also to, you know, rip the value and the knowledge out of the person that I'm talking to and provide it to my audience. So it's my podcast is really a selfish endeavor their conversations that <laughs> i want to have with people um yeah. i just also broadcast them because i think there's a, an insane amount of value in them for for people to gobble up so that no i to- i totally agree with that and i think and i think that's that is the point of your podcast is that it's it's meaningful conversations with people right i feel like that's probably why people go there right right I, at least i ho- i don't i don't know why people go there <laughs> <laughs> But I feel like I, I still feel that uh, creating a podcast and uh, being entertaining on a podcast is is kind of a different monster than it is on Twitch. I Yes. And to, to your point, I think it's way harder because there is no game to occupy the dead air. Mm, there is yeah. there is no multimedia that is creating content for you that you just have to react off of, you know, during a podcast, you actually have to pay attention to what that person is saying and find a way to respond that isn't a dud and is interesting. Like you have to make somebody sound interesting if they're not. And that can be that can be a job in itself. Um, 
so as far as kind of like developing a personality, and this is kind of me going back to my point about I was a terrible streamer for my first couple of years and I really didn't yeah, yeah. start. Um, if you were to look at who I was back then and look at me now, I would it, it's completely different. Um, yeah. Obviously, there's a comfort and confidence level at the way beginning of when you're streaming that come into play. Um, but I just I just found what I wanted to be able to do with my show. Like when I go live, I want to connect with people. I want to talk about technology. I want to laugh. I, w- I want to scream. You know, I want to be energetic. Um, but mostly I just want to share the things that I love with other people that also love the same thing. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of Twitch is being able to get connected with people who like the same things that you do. Um, you know, there's times where I go live and I'm like, yeah, we're going to play the Witcher three. Oops. We spent three hours talking about keyboards and yeah, <laughs> those, yeah. those are the, those are the best. Like I'm literally spending time talking about the things that I love the most with other people. And it, it's one of the greatest things. And so I think after, after a long time of streaming, um, you really find yourself as a streamer. I, I don't want to say that you change, you know, your personality doesn't change. Cause I think the more time that you spend online, um, the more time you spend on social media, you just expose yourself. Like you just expose yourself more and more and more every day um, to your morals, to your habits, to your routines and to your standards. And I, I think there's no better way to find your true self than to spend time being live. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my next question would be that like how, so you have like a, a, a bit of, I don't want to say persona, but like you have to have a high energy when you go on stream, right? I like, do you have to, do you have to like meld yourself before the stream? Like if you're having a shitty day, is it harder for you to stream and come and talk to people? Oh, d- definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but as somebody um, who, I don't know the actual term for this, but I'm what people call an introverted extrovert to where <laughs> I do prefer to be a homebody. You know, I like going out and do doing things every once in a while. Um, I I like doing my own thing. I like solitude. I like working, but I also feed off of the energy of the people around me. Um, Mm -hmm. So like I could, I could be in a bad mood, but if somebody else comes along and they're hyped up and they're having a good day, it it can bring me up to their level and kind of level me out. And that's definitely what Twitch chat can do sometimes is I can, can not be feeling so great and I can go live and I can just start talking and, and you realize that maybe the thing that was keeping me down wasn't that big of a deal anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, you gotta be careful because you don't want to, you don't want to mask yourself, right? If they're legitimate problems, they need to be addressed. Um, but sometimes, you know, going live and, and taking a couple deep breaths, you know, you gotta, you, you can get away from things that might bring you down. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you have to be high energy. I, look for higher energy streams, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking for entertainment. I'm not looking for the shroud who is monotone and doesn't freak out and you know explains the the strategic tactics of his moves. You know, I I don't I just want to see fun. I want to see entertainment. Yeah. Um and you know I want to see education. Um there are plenty of people out there that do not do high energy stuff whatsoever. They are completely monotone. And some people, that's what they're looking for. I, I have a lot of people that say that I'm too much for them. I, I scream too much. <laughs> I yell too much. I'm too high energy. Um, and that's okay. I'm, you know, 
I'm, I'm not for everybody and everybody isn't for everybody. You're not, you're never going to please everybody. Obviously that's, that's if, if everyone was for everyone, there would be one streamer. Exactly. And there would be no, like no uniqueness to anything. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So boring. Yeah. So on the other end of that spectrum, do you ever feel that you have to like tame yourself down on stream? Are there any things that you don't talk about or like that you avoid or do you control yourself on stream? I really don't. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I usually say whatever the hell I want to say. And I have a very, I don't want to say that I have a dark humor, but I have a very sexual oriented humor. Like everything involves (laughs) dicks at some point. It's it's just kind of how it goes. Uh, It's my natural humor. It's just kind of what I default to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, obviously there's, lines that you shouldn't cross of course and yeah yeah everybody has their own line um everybody has their certain amount of political correctness um mm-hmm. but i i very very rarely find myself having to hold myself back um if i chose to maybe swear less scream less i could i could probably rake in a little bit more of an audience um but mm-hmm. i i really have no interest in that yeah what do i not talk about i fun fact i grew up a jehovah's witness until i was 19 years old um, I, as soon as I turned 19, I moved out of my house. So mm. very, very religious childhood religion shoved down my throat multiple times a week, every single week. Uh, and I really have no interest in religion now because of going through that childhood. So yeah. I, I can definitely have, um, religious conversation. I, I choose not to because I have no interest in it. You know, people are always like, well, why don't you allow you know, religion and politics in your chat. Well, it's because it's not what I want to talk to talk about with my free time. Like when I'm yeah. doing this hobby of mine, I want to spend time talking about technology and audio and video and all those things. Um, I have a no politics rule. Um, and that's kind of, it's starting to become a controversial standpoint. I've, I've seen because everyone's like, well, we should be able to talk about politics. Well, just, I think of Twitch chat the same way that I think about Twitter. I don't yeah. think text-based conversations where one person puts out an opinion and thousands of people respond with text yeah. is the best way to have those conversations. Yeah. Like yeah. the reasons those conversations go so fucky so fast is because people can't convey their opinions or their perspectives truly with with text. Uh, emotion yeah. gets lost, context gets lost. And it's just really difficult to have those conversations without it getting all fucked up all the time. So I'm like, you you know what? If you want to talk about politics on your channel, you can go do that on yours. I, I just don't want to get into it. It's not that I don't want to talk about it or I think that politics are bad. I just don't think this is the best platform in order to do it. Um, Unless you want to do like a, a politics show where literally all you do is sit there and you talk politics and you have people on, then it's great. But trying to multitask video games while um, maintaining talking to your community and trying to go back and forth with politics. And many people don't know how to hold back or respect other people's opinions. It's just, there's a reason politics chat is the way that it is. Yeah, I agree. I know you take uh, some time at the beginning of your stream to, to just kind of hang out and talk to chat, right? Mm hmm. And you, you say that some of your favorite parts of streaming are sitting around and talking about tech and chat and stuff. Yes. What kind of advice would you give to someone looking to kind of fester those interests, maybe not so much 
gaming, but more tech or like whatever, whatever the, the niche may be, but maybe doesn't have people to sit and talk to and chat. So that's, that's a hard one because there are certain things that you can do on stream that instantly become easier when you have people in chat, right? Absolutely. Uh, so the first thing that I would do is narrow down your niche. Um, it's kind of one of those, um, Noah, like from old, like old school Bible stuff, Noah, like if you build it, they will come. That was Noah in the ark, right? That's I, I know it from Feel the Dreams. Oh, shit. <laughs> I swear to God, it's Noah. And God was like, yo, if you build the ark, the animals will come. OK, but I don't know if he was talking about the animals or the people because the people never came. So I, I trust you. I have no idea. All right. Uh, so if you. Focus your content around the thing that you love the most. It's really easy to talk about stuff, right? Like it's like it's really easy for me to sit down and we could talk for two to three hours and I wouldn't even think about it. Right. Because I love doing this. And obviously, if you are interviewing people and doing your own podcast, you obviously love it, too. Um, So I would if it's kind of you kind of kind of kickstart it a little bit, because if people don't know that that's what you do, then they're not going to show up. So the, the only way to like do it is to just start doing it. Um, and, and if you pick, you know, if you pick a, a topic that you are passionate about, that's really easy to talk about. I think the rest will, will come with time. Um, it's all about setting the standards, kind of the same thing with whether or not you start your stream with a, uh, a countdown or not. If your community knows that you sit and chat for 30, 45 minutes to an hour before you even start playing games, they might be a little bit more inclined to come by because they know that they can talk to you. They know that they can get your attention. Um, and I, I see this in my stats where I will have a hike of people at the beginning of my stream. As soon as I started playing video games, I would say my viewership tanks by like a third. Wow. Yeah. So th- there's people who they either are not interested in the game that I'm playing are not interested in watching me play games. Or they really are only there because they knew that it, they could get my attention with this one question. And then they bounce as soon as they get their, their thing answered. Gotcha. Um, so I would say start doing it. Um, just like how people advise new streamers to bring other people on. If you can have a friend that could like come into VoIP with you, like you're like, hey, I want to just get online and I want to look at thongs for like an hour. And let's just talk about <laughs> thongs. Um, and it's a lot easier to do that with somebody else. And then you might notice somebody in chat might start piping up in the conversation. Um, cause if I go live and I start talking about tech, I'm almost guaranteed that I'm going to have anywhere from, you know, five to 10 people that are also all interested in tech, um, yeah. that want to get in on the conversation because I, I've always said this from day one, I have no problem people coming in and asking me technical questions. Like I will troubleshoot somebody else's stream while I'm live. If it's, if it's not too distracting to, to the actual content or if it's not too long form. Um, I love when people come in and, and ask technical questions. Um, it's same thing. Like people can hit me up in DMS or whatever. Uh, but after a while of doing it, if people know that that's what you do and that's what you do consistently, um, they'll, they'll start to come around a little bit more. Uh, cool. I can't, I want to say that I've been doing that for as long as I can remember. But I do remember as soon as I got the the countdown gone and I just started going live and immediately starting to talk to people, that going live notification for that end user 
is way more accurate and way more valuable. And um, you might see a you might see a rise in that beginning show interaction. That's good advice. Do you find it hard to keep up with chat at all? Like when you start playing a game? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, okay. So I, it's harder for me to keep up with chat at the beginning of stream. I always have this problem. We're like, all right, guys, I got to catch up on chat and I'll try and read everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I really only make a point to do that at the beginning of the stream because I really want to interact with those people that get there first as much as possible. Yeah. Uh, because one of the things when you're smaller and you hit streaming and you don't see a soul for 10, 15, 20 minutes, it's like, it sucks. Right. And then yeah. you start to get into this habit where, Oh, well I have one person as soon as I start. And now I have two people and now I have five people. And then all of a sudden going live and having somebody chat right away is normal. And that becomes your norm. And then when you have anything less, you're like, Oh my God, how did I, how did I stream before this? Like, how did I stream to no people or to a small amount of people? And, um, it's just kind of, it's one of those things that, that grows with you. Um, and it, it, it does suck. I, I do remember those days where it would take a while for somebody to come in. Um, but it's why I choose to spend so much time hanging out at the beginning of the stream, because I really want to give back to those people that are, you know, notification squad. You want to, you want to give them as much value as possible. You want to hang out with them. Um, it's the only time you can really give them full attention. Cause you know, as soon as you start playing games, your, your attention is now divided into thirds. <laughs> totally. Yes. Yeah. So is there, do you think there's like a balance, uh, when you do play games of like, like, is it a conscious balance of like, <laughs> of like watching the game and reading chat? Yep. And one of the weird things that you don't think of when you know, when you're growing is eventually you get to a point where you have to choose to not respond to things. Yeah. Um, I know when I started, I read every chat message out loud and then I would respond to it. And what I learned is that most people that do it, do it really bad. So like, for example, like you'll be sitting there playing video games like, oh my God, do you see that headshot? And then you look at chat and you go, hey, knackers, do you, do you think that you uh, could turn on your bedroom light? And, and they read it in a very like <laughs> monotone, no enunciation, stuttery mess. And then when they respond, they go back to, you know, pronouncing words correctly and enunciating. And then they go back to reading chat and they read it really bad. And if you go back and you listen to yourself doing that, it sounds really, really bad. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I had to train myself to not read everything that I read out loud. Uh, what you just respond to it. Yep. So what I'll do is if somebody asks a question, um, and I, I find value in the question, I will read it out loud before I answer it. Um, but again, you gotta, you gotta use inflection. You have to enunciate, you know, give some power to the person that's asking the question and then answer it afterwards. Um, but for the most part, I do not read out what I'm seeing in chat. Um, it allows you to pay more attention to what you're reading. Cause when, even though some people say like, Oh yeah, when I read it out loud, I hear it better. Well, sometimes when you read it out loud, you're not actually paying attention to the words that are, mm-hmm. that are being said. And sometimes when you read it silently to yourself, uh, it's less jarring for the viewer. It's less jargon. Um, another thing that stuck out to me that I didn't realize always is there are streamers who play the game and they're not interacting with the game. They read a message in chat, respond to it. 
read the next message in chat, which has nothing to do with the previous message, respond to that. And you're just like one off jumping from convo to convo to convo. And as a viewer, in my opinion, it's extremely jarring. Uh, so I think a skill that is built over time is being able to manage a few conversations at once, knowing when to ignore certain things, uh, knowing when to respond. And it really, it doesn't really come into play until you have a chat that's moving, right? If you, if you have a couple messages every couple minutes, you're like, holy shit, it feels like years between the last emo <laughs> and this Kappa got to yeah. respond to it. And so I'm not saying like, you know, if you have a slow moving chat, respond to everything. You want to take as much time to respond to everybody. Um, and it, 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 you're totally right where it's a conscious decision to choose what to and what not to respond to in chat. Some things are just completely jarring. They completely um, offset a conversation. They can end a conversation. And sometimes they just don't need to be read. Like uh, Charlie's going to get water and he, he just says water be right back. And you say, oh, you're going to get water. OK, cool, man. Thanks. I'll see you when you get back. You could just let him go, even though the reason that the person in chat probably said that is because they want you to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to. And uh, yeah, one of the, one of those skills that kind of comes down the road, you, you realize, you know what? I don't need to read everything. I don't need to respond to everything. And if I do, I'm suddenly getting so behind. And now Chad is getting angry because I'm so behind. And that happens to me often. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, interesting to hear about chats that move too fast for everything to be read. Yeah. And when you're when you're gaming, if you're trying to be competitive, you got to pay attention to the game. Uh, Or if you're trying to be funny, you got to pay attention to what's going on. Um, (laughs) And if you pay too much attention to chat and you're just nonstop talking, people who are interested in the game and uh, and want to see gameplay and want you to explore they're going to get turned off because they're like, yeah. okay, I'm basically watching somebody just play a game. They're not interacting with it. Um, they're, they're, they're spending so much time talking to chat that they're glossing over details. And then later in the game, they're like, wait, I don't know why that happened. Well, yeah. fuck, Sally told you it was going to happen. Dipshit like 10 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> and uh, that's also something chat has yelled at me for. So <laughs> totally. Yeah. So is it a hard decision ever to know that you're going to lose a third of your viewers when you start playing a video game? Um, no, 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 I, I've obviously it's always like a, a mental, de- I don't want to say a deterrent. It is kind of a turn off, right? Cause you see yeah. like, man, I really like playing video games, but it seems like people like me more when I'm talking. Like, I think on average, my podcasts get better views than my video game streams do. Um, and I've always said, I do not believe that I'm going to make it as a streamer playing video games. Like I'm never going to be a professional gamer. I'm never going to be a 100% gaming stream that's successful. It's, it's always going to be the other things. Um, you know, the podcasts, the IRL streams, the, the, the DIY or the crafting streams. Um, just because I've always, I've always had really good luck with those. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to say that. I never think twice about it. Right. Cause I'm, I'm there to play video games. It's just, sometimes I, I get distracted and I, and I talk too much and we get on certain topics that warrant a long conversation. Um, it'll, it never has made me stop. Not stop playing a video game. Um, but it has always made me think like, you know, well, if your viewership is always tank and not tanking, but if your viewership is ever going down, 
well, you know, then why are you still doing it? And the answer to that mm-hmm. is because I still enjoy playing video games and, and that's what I yeah. want to do. That's, that's a good answer. It's a, it's constant, uh, constant battle of what do I want? And what does the, what does the chat want? Yeah. So is it your goal to eventually do this full time? No. Um, no. I would, the dream would be to have a full time job where I work 32 hours, three and a half days a week. So spread those 32 hours across those four days or three days mm-hmm. and be able to have one full weekday to dedicate to content creation. Um, and just have it a job where the job actually ends when I, I leave for the day. Uh, the job that I have right now, so I'm a, a network and IT field technician. So I'm a, a traveling tech. I drive around to clients all day. I fix their shit and then I leave. And mm-hmm. I'm on call every other week. So I, I have a literal pager, like a pager <laughs> uh, yeah. that I carry around with me. And so uh, work comes home with me very, very often. And, and it's very exhausting. Um, if I could work a full-time job and have health benefits, but also create content online. And if that content happened to generate a, enough revenue to where it could make that hobby 100% self-sustaining, that is kind of like the dream. Um, I love what I do for my job and I have no desire to completely stop that to pick up a life in content creation. Um, being in this game for so long, I have seen what going full-time does to people um, emotionally, uh, what it does to their friends and family in their real life, what it does to their social tendencies, the stress of finances. Um, I do not have a dream of being a big streamer. Uh, I have a, a goal of being a successful streamer because I want to be successful in the thing that I'm spending so much time doing. But mm. that whole, you know, absolutely sacrificing every portion of your life and selling your soul to make it um, just for a little bit of fame and, you know, some extra emotes and chat that may come at you a little bit quicker. It, it doesn't seem like, doesn't seem like the best play for me. And while it confuses me that I say that my dream is not to be a content creator yet. I spend 20 to 30 hours doing this thing. Uh, I just like having it as a side thing. I like having it as a hobby. Uh, I love spending the majority of my free time, uh, doing things that I'm passionate about and spending time with people who are passionate about the same things. But would I want to be in a field where I worked 60 to 80 hours a week, uh, creating content and, and you know, I just does not seem feasible to me. It's, it's not, it's great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Would I want to do it all day, every day? No. And I, I don't think I can say that for anything, not just, not just streaming. Yeah. Interesting. What about you? Like, is that something that you would want to do? I don't know. Um, right now, I would say yes. Okay. But I feel like, uh, I, I also feel that the time I put into my stream now also cuts into my personal life. <laughs> and right. sacrificing, I would have to put double the time in that I do now to ever, like, have a sizable amount of growth, you know? Right. And that... That's a conversation that I've had with so many different people um, growing up. You know, so when I left the Jehovah's Witness organization when I was 18, every friend that I had leading up to that point stopped talking to me because um, when you leave, you're considered the naughty boy and, and people aren't allowed to talk to you. Um, same thing with family. Family kind of distances themselves from you. Um, so 
every girlfriend that I had, I kind of assumed all of their friends, right? Like I came into their group and then I just became friends with all of her friends. And then we would break up and I would go back to one or two of my best friends. And then I would start dating somebody else and all of their friends and, you know, just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Um, (laughs) None of those friends really were ever people that loved all of the same things that I did. So when you say, when you say something like, well, if I was to, you know, pursue this in a full-time manner, I would have to give double the time and it would cut into my personal life. Well, what I would tell you to do is analyze what you're cutting into, because if if you're cutting into friends that want to go to the bar or friends that want to go out to a show or friends that want to like, you know, watch Game of Thrones four times a, a day, yeah. you know, it's a, OK, well, I'm either going to be spending my time with my friends that I think is what I want to be doing. Um, but it, we're actually not doing anything of value that I want to be doing or I can spend more time doing this thing that I love. And, and that's basically what it comes down to for me. Like when people say, Hey, do you want to go to the show? Do you want to go to the bar? Uh, do you want to go to this pub crawl? You know, do you want to go do this thing? And I think to myself, do I want to go do that? Or do I want to spend time learning gain structure and my mixer? Right. And yeah. it always comes down to, no, I want to spend time learning. I want to spend time um, with people who actually have the same interests as me. Um, and that, is it turns out to be really really hard right because how do you go up to your friend and say hey i don't want to hang out with you anymore because i don't i i'm literally dying inside because all we do is sit around and and go to the bar or drink or watch tv or or watch movies and i I want to do something productive and and that's why i've never really had um solid in real life like irl friends um because no one has ever really been on the same page as me And, and that's that's my fault that's not their fault you know you can't you can't criticize somebody else for not wanting to do more with their free time. Right. If they just want to come home from work, smoke a dube, watch some game of Thrones and and they love their life, you know, with their husband and their pets and their simple life. Awesome. More power to you. That can't be my life. I can't work a nine to five, come home, watch TV, go to bed and then do it all over again the next day. Um, So it, it really comes down to like analyzing. Okay. If this is going to be cutting into my life, what is it actually going to be cutting into? Now, obviously, if you're like, yo, sorry, grandma, can't make it to your funeral. Yeah. Wow. Raid coming up. You got some things to talk about. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of things in life that you realize, shit, this is just something that I've been a creature of habit with. And I actually don't really like spending my time doing all this stuff. And I'd rather yeah. do this other thing. So I that's that's a great answer. And I that that I appreciate that a lot. Of course. Um, how you you're in a relationship, right? Correct. How does that relate? Like how much time does streaming cut into that? So what I'll say that will probably negate the rest of your questions is we met on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I, however, I did come from a, a relationship that my time was not best spent streaming and playing video games. Um, mm-hmm. Streaming was always seen as time away from her uh, and n- instead of me following something that I love doing and uh, that obviously created resentment um, as, as it should, you know? Uh, and so with, with current, the girlfriend um, we met online, finding each other's streams through third parties. Uh, we eventually had a long distance relationship and then she moved here uh, about two 
years ago and, and it's been here ever since. So that's awesome. Um, we both have our own stream. We both have our own channels. So we both have our own communities that obviously share a lot of members. Um, when she streams, I'm working. When I'm streaming, she's working. Sometimes <laughs> we stream together. Sometimes we don't stream at all. And um, we we have a perfect amount of time that we spend apart and time that we spend together. And uh, I don't I'll have to ask her if she feels the same. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> like I'm 99 percent sure she, she would say the same. Um, she I don't want to say that she is needier than I am. I think that that probably is in our genes. Right. I don't think we really have a, yeah. a say over how much we depend on the other person. Yeah. I think, you know, I'm, somebody's going to like call me like a fucking misogynist over this. But I think historically girls have always been to girls have always wanted to be in the company of boyfriends more than the other way around. Um, and whether that's, um, you know, mainstream media polluting our brains with misogynistic tendencies or not. Um, I, I think that's just historically that girls want to be with the guys and guys most of the time want their alone time. Yeah. Um, so I, I absolutely adore the time that I spend with her. You know, we, we, all of our common interests are aligned. Um, I think she would say, yeah, uh, I would love for him to never stream again so that we can spend all the time in the world. Um, but that's not her actual, her actual thought process is no, yeah. he loves what he's doing. He's miserable if he's not doing what he loves and, and she's happy for me for that. Yeah. Are there ever times that you um, are unhappy with streaming or like you think about quitting and what you could be doing in your free time other than streaming? Every day. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, yeah. I was just having a conversation about this um, with my parents and my parents being um, Jehovah's Witnesses still. And with me not wanting to kind of reveal this part of my life, they didn't know that I streamed for the first five years. Um, it was, it was a complete secret and um, been talking about it with them recently. And obviously the, the pitfalls both emotionally and physically that come with streaming. Um, I, it's a mental battle every day, man. I mean, when you're, when you've been doing this for six and a half years and you're only streaming to a certain amount of people, it gets to your head. You start questioning if you're good. Um, uh, you know, one of the main, main things that everybody tells you is to never compare yourself to anybody else. And I'm pretty good at doing that 90% of the time, but then the other 10% of the time when you're feeling down and out and you're just not having a great mental health day and you look at your channel and you look at how long you've been doing this and you look at other people and you start comparing yourself and it's just, a, it's a dark, dark rabbit hole to get yourself into. Um, totally. And every day, every day I'm like, man, is this the best use of my time? Yeah. Um, but I know that when I'm up until three o'clock in the morning editing OBS scenes, because I, I feel like creating something, I know like in the back of my head, no matter what my, the front of my brain is telling me, um, that I'm doing what I love and I'm doing what I want with my free time. Um, and that is, I, I think that's a struggle that a lot of people face. I don't think that's necessarily a secret or like a hidden tip. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the getting caught up in clicks and numbers and expectations and ultimatums, it clouds what originally brought you to streaming your desire to connect with other people and your love for video games. And it, it's a daily battle trying to fight through that cloud to arrive at, no, I'm doing this because I love it. I'm doing this because I'm passionate about it. Um, and I'm, it sucks that that's an everyday battle, but at the same time, um, 
nothing worth going after comes easy is what I always try and tell myself. Like if, if it was easy to just do this all the time and, and build a huge community and it was never difficult then everybody would be doing it. Um, but, but the truth of the matter is, is that this is survival of the fittest and it's either going to be me at the end of a 10 year stretch still standing um, or it, it's not. And you know, when I think about when I'm 80 and I look back and I think, man, did I really give it my all? Or did I give it half and complain about things that were um, in my control that I could have done better? And am I just going to die filled with regret? And that's, um, that's the thing that keeps me going every day. That's awesome. That's a great answer. So is that uh, one, of my, one of my questions that I always ask at the end is uh, what keeps you motivated? And is, mm. is, would you say that that is what keeps you motivated? Absolutely. Um, it's absolutely terrified of regret. Um, when I think about what I chose to do with the first half of my 20s, that is a deterrent enough to fall back into a nine to five. Don't try and learn anything new. Don't try and better yourself. Um, it, it forces me to be like, okay, I gotta, I really have to push every single day to learn more, get more knowledge, um, talk to more people and just try to be a better person. Um, cause there's so much learning and building that can be done, uh, in your twenties. You know, I, when you're 30, you're not even close to having your life figured out. You got such a long way. Um, <laughs> and there's still a lot of, uh, self-help that you're going to have to be doing. And there's going to, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, especially a 30 in my opinion. So I would say my passion for wanting to be good at what I do, wanting to know the ins and outs of all the technology that I'm using. Um, I, I enjoy being the person that has answers technology wise. I like working in tech support. I like being able to help people. Um, I like being an anchor for people that might not be so fortunate with their, you know, their technology knowledge. Um, I, I really enjoy being that for people. Um, I have, I definitely have a desire for admiration that, you know, that's something that keeps me going. I really want to be a part of something. I want to build something that is successful. Now, what is my measure for success? I probably couldn't tell you. Um, I, I just know that if I woke up, went to a nine to five, came home and did it all over again for the next 50 years, that I would, I would probably feel really empty inside and, and sad. Um, I am chasing my own dragon. That is fulfillment. Uh, I, I want to do something that, that mattered or that, that matters. And, uh, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like a never ending journey of just trying to, trying to feel fulfilled. Right. And I think that's no different than anybody else. I don't yeah. think that's necessarily a unique strategy. Um, but yeah, I would say, you know, that existential regret is something that drives me every single day. Um, the, the passion for technology and, and living in an era where we have the technology that nobody else has had. Totally. It's, it's total, it's a waste. It is a shame to let <laughs> the, this amazing technology that we have go to waste. And I, I truly feel, um, what uncle Ben said to Spider-Man, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Um, I, have you ever listened to, uh, this is going to be so cliche and people who listen to this podcast are like, Oh, it makes sense. You ever listen to Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh-uh. Okay. Uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is an entrepreneur out of New York. Um, it's real quick. He's a dude who grew up knowing he wanted to be a businessman. He got involved with his dad's liquor store at 18 years old. He worked there for 
uh, a super long time. He grew it from $3 million in revenue to $60 million a year in revenue. Um, walked away from it with nothing, started an ad agency, and now kind of creates content for like the everyday entrepreneur as a side thing. Um, I kind of live and die by what he says because it it vibes really. I vibe with him really, really hard. Um, and oh, shit, this is what happens when I go off on these tangents. I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember the original <laughs> point. Um, shit, man, I lost it. Hi, welcome back to Forgotten Thoughts with Knackers. I fucking remembered what I was going to say because I went back and I listened to the podcast. So we were talking about technology and um, how it, it I felt like it was a responsibility, right, to take make use of all of this amazing technology we have because we I am fortunate enough to work my nine to five and then come home and spend a bunch of time doing something that I'm passionate about and also happen to make money doing it. Like, do you know our our grandparents would have like loved like if our grandmother like could have came home and knitted sweaters and made like an extra 15K on the side just doing what she was already doing and then she could tweet about it or like fucking TikTok about it and generate some more like we have so many opportunities as content creators with the technology that we have, it is a waste. I, I see it wasteful to not grab this by the dick and uh, caress it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's kind of like point one where I was going. And then the second point was um, because I've been told that I'm easy to talk to because I've been told that I'm a positive person and people enjoy being around me because I'm a little bit more upbeat. I feel that it is my responsibility to use that in a good way that benefits other people. I, I personally feel like it is incredibly selfish for me to be as fortunate with my health and my mental health as I am and not use it to help people who are not so um, fortunate. So that's kind of how I, that's another driving force with streaming is, am I going to be a motivational speaker? No. Am I going to be somebody who just like talks through other people's problems for them? No. But what I can do is be a, a positive and bright, positive beam of light that people can use to maybe make things in their life a little bit better. Maybe they can um, use me as a way to bring them out of, of the slump that they're in. And the other side of that is I want to do that with my ability to help people with technology. That's why I don't charge for um, you know technical support. I don't ever ask for anything in return when people ask me questions and, and I spend time helping them. I truly feel that it is my duty to use the good that I have been blessed with and share it with others. Um, so that's kind of an, another thing when we were talking about Gary Vaynerchuk and, and, and what motivates me and what are my passions and what keeps me going what keeps me going is do I love the things that I love? Absolutely. Do I want to spend as much time as possible doing the things that I love? Absolutely. Do I, Am I absolutely terrified of being 85 years old, not being able to move and knowing that I did not give it my all? Yes. But another big factor is that I feel like it is my responsibility to use the good that I have and share with others, Um, because I think it's extremely selfish and unfair if I was to take what I feel that I've been gifted with and keep it to myself and not use it for good to help other people. So that was the other um, the other place that I was trying to go with that before I went off on that Gary Vaynerchuk tangent.
Anyway, so, all right, that's it. So with the amount that, the sheer amount of production value that your stream has, I would expect that you put a lot of time into your stream off stream, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So do you find it hard to support others on Twitch and like be active in their communities knowing like how much time you've already put into your own stream? Do you ever find it hard to go into theirs? Absolutely. Um, It is even harder to go out because normally I just default to the people that I know I like watching Uh, as a streamer. It's almost impossible to find the time and the energy and the effort to go out and find somebody new to watch. Uh, I almost never do it. And when I do, I feel like I'm being spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, working a full-time job where I can't sit at a computer and watch streams all day. Uh, I can't be active. It's as a streamer who runs a community, I can't be active in other people's discords. Uh, I check my girlfriend's discord. I check a couple other close friends and that is it. There is literally no time uh, to spend. Um, and to be like kind of a dick, some people don't know how to organize their discords. And mm. some of them are just shit pots, which is the opposite of a honeypot. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the most problems that people run into with their discord is they have exactly what everybody else has. Uh, they have a, a a YouTube channel. They have a music channel. They have a memes channel. They have a promote your friends channel. You know, mm-hmm. um, the, the best way to really create a wholesome, meaningful community on discord is really focus on the things that you love and that your community loves. Um, so for example, I have channels that are dedicated to cooking, uh, to keyboard building, to gaming news, to anything technology where we can talk hardware, software, uh, I have channels that are dedicated to technical support. Obviously I have channels that are dedicated to streamers being able to talk to other streamers and plan content and, and share tools. Um, you know, it's a way to get connected. Those are the things that I strive my discord to be. I don't, I don't have channels where people just dump shit into and, and never look back at, uh, I don't have a, a memes channel. Um, you know, I tend to stay away from those things because they're, they're just a breeding ground for shit. Really? They, you know, yeah. if, if your life is memes and you just love posting and searching memes, cool. That is not what I choose to do with my, with my spare time. That's, it's not the best <laughs> use of my time. Um, so it's, it's very difficult. I find the best way to keep up with other people is Twitter. Um, I absolutely totally. love, 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 love Twitter as a platform. And, uh, that's where I find spending most of my time. Um, because the algorithm helps me keep in contact with the people that I interact with the most. How do you feel about Twitter as a platform in combination with streaming? Do you feel that like, like what are your opinion of going live tweets? Uh, I, first of all, I think they're great because you have to treat every platform like your community only uses one of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're only posting, if you're only relying on Twitch's go live notifications to go live, you're going to reach 3% of your audience. But if you also use a discord at every one tag, uh, you might reach another 4%. And then if you also use going live tweets, you might have less than 1% who actually have your post notifications on. Um, but then the, the people who follow you, the chances of them seeing your go, going live tweet in their feed in the next four hours is pretty high. 
um, whenever I ask, hey, how did you guys get into the stream today? It's split pretty evenly between Discord, Twitter, and um, Twitch notifications. Um, so I, I use them all. Um, there is some fun science that's currently being researched right now about always having your link to your Twitch in your going live tweet. There's this rumor that putting your the same URL in tweets over oh. and over and over again gets you shadow banned. Um, uh. Hasn't been any proof of yet that yet. However, I did a test of using my link in chat and then just saying or using my link in the tweet and then using my link for in bio. And I was getting slight improvements in impressions by not having a link in the tweet. Interesting. Um, but um, it seemed to be one of those things where people were more frustrated that they had to click on your profile and then click on the link instead of just yeah. being able to click on the link. So it's kind of one of those, uh, you, you can't win with one of those things. Yeah. Do you feel that you're, um, that you're like, your feed is bogged down or flooded at all by going live tweets? I really don't. And most of the time it's because I don't mind the people that I follow. Um, so there are people who take, and this is something that I'm just starting to do to, to do. And I encourage anybody else to do. I am going to be using a video as my going live tweet. And the video is going to be just a, a clip taken from stream from any time within the past six years. Um, when you have short video content, like a video or a GIF, the more times that video or GIF loops during a single impression, the higher chance it has of being replayed for somebody else. Um, cause every time one of those pieces of media loops, it's considered one play. Gotcha. So if you have a seven second video or a two second gif if somebody is looking at that gif over and over and over and over again your impressions are going to reach and you're going to do a little bit better in the twitter algorithm and there's a, a better chance of your tweet getting you know out there um and if you just have a going live link and that's it yeah somebody else retweets that somebody else likes it and it appears in somebody else's feed probably not going to get any interaction out of it um if you're you know, promoting yourself as a, a competitive FPS player and that seven second video is you getting three headshots and you're popping off and you're screaming something funny. You know, you had your your going live tweet now has some sort of value It has comedic value. Um, there is a higher chance of it getting shared. Um, so I enjoy seeing. Creative ways of people doing going live. Um, I've seen a lot of different ways. I don't think there's one great way to do it, but I definitely think. Having something interesting or interact worthy in that tweet helps out a little bit. Um, there's obviously people like Co Carnage, Lyric, Doc, where they just put live link. That's yeah. it. They've already got the established community. Yeah. Um, but for us small men and women, um, you know, who who are <laughs> fighting the algorithms, it's definitely worth it to to put something, you know, put a little bit extra uh, yeah. into your going live tweets to try and, and get people to interact. Because even if it's even if people don't click on the link, if it's something interaction worthy that gets somebody to interact with your tweet, whether it's a like or a retweet or a comment, like if you put something ridiculous, like you picking your nose, getting 30 people to respond to you, what the fuck actually kind of helps you out in the end. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it's kind of trying to strategize a little bit like that. And unfortunately we, 
we exist in an ecosystem where you kind of have to find out how to play the system just to get seen. Um, but that's that's honestly that's part of the gig now. You have to be smart about that kind of stuff in order to just have a chance at being seen. Yep. The algorithms, baby, they run the world. Yes, they do. And whether we like them or hate them, they're staying. <laughs> yep, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So with this uh, time spent on Twitch idea still. Uh, do you ever have like second guesses about the idea of making friends versus networking? Like, do you ever go into someone's stream and you like, like feel like you're networking rather than trying to make a friend? Uh, no, um, this is actually, this is a great question. And this is something that again, I've, I've just recently, you've, you've asked so many questions that pertain to conversations that I just recently <laughs> had. and. Um, Whenever I have my my podcast where I have on somebody new that I maybe don't know as well, mm-hmm. I always kind of come back to the question like, hey, I always see people complaining on Twitter about fake streamers and fake people and how everybody that they've come in contact with is fake and they're here to just grow. And my response to that is maybe you're fake. Maybe so you attract you. <laughs> fake people. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really great conversation to have. Um, and A lot of the times the people that I know are genuine because I met them in a genuine way. I asked them the question. They're like, no, I don't really have that problem. And I'm like, okay, so I'm not alone on that. Um, I honestly, the the easiest way to go about this is to not have any expectations of anybody ever. If you are never expecting anything in return, you are never going to be let down. If you host somebody five times a week and they never host you back, too bad. It, it's not their responsibility. Yeah. Um, you know, support on Twitch is not a one to one ratio. You know, totally. maybe you're one of 50 people that hosted that person that day. You, you can't one to one ratio that back. <laughs> you, yeah. He has 50 people to choose from, um, not including the people that he wants to, to host or rate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I honestly, I always go in. I'm my genuine self. And when I reach out to people to either play games um, or be on the podcast, I'm never like, man, I can't believe that person didn't respond. Like it's, you just don't have expectations because you can't just like interject yourself into somebody's life and expect them to reciprocate with the same amount of attention. Totally. Yeah. Um, If you guys are meant to be dope together, if you're meant to vibe, the time will eventually come when you'll, you'll get that chance and a friendship or relationship might sprout from it. Um, but if you don't have any expectations of people, you know, and if you don't, you're like, man, I, I, I rated that person five times and they never rated me. It's way easier to go. Holy shit. They actually rated me one time. You know, you, you don't have expectations when somebody does reciprocate. It's awesome. And then you just fucking move on. And if you <laughs> if you're somebody who tallies the the amount of times that you support people and people support you and you're wondering if you're equal, um, you're going to have a bad time. I can absolutely guarantee it. Yeah. Um, so, no. And so like today uh, or earlier when you know, oh, my God, I just now remember this. So you came into my chat and your name is T-Rex. And I accuse you of being a, tra- a train wrecks viewer because of your username. <laughs> and then the next day I got your email of the podcast invite. I'm like, oh no, it's the same guy. <laughs> and um, I just like, and that was a 
totally random, genuine reaction. And as somebody who does a podcast, I was very much inclined to respond yes to your podcast because how many times have I asked somebody else to be on a podcast? And then I'm going to say no to somebody else asking me to be on a podcast? Like, no, fuck that. Um, <laughs> and, you know, obviously there's other factors that come into play. Like when you when you look up somebody's social media, which I actually didn't do with you at all. Like I didn't do any. The only research I did was that um, or the old, like the only previous knowledge I had of you was that you, that you said, I am space shark recommended you. I'm yeah. like, well, I am space shark is dope. So this person is obviously dope. That's the only <laughs> information I need. And so here we are. Um, yeah. And, and I've always just, I've always just gone off of those genuine reactions and like, yes, I feel like I would vibe with this person. Dope. Let's do it. Um, no, I don't feel like I would vibe with this person. Not a great idea. Um, but that honestly doesn't happen often because I feel like because I am genuine, I attract genuine people and I have way less interactions with people who are just trying to get something out of me. Um, and after a while of working, not only in tech support, but in streaming, you start to be able to call people's bullshit like really, really early on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you can see through it pretty fast. Um, so it's definitely, I think it's something that, becomes way bigger of a problem when you become a large streamer, you know, hundreds of viewers, you have people that latch on to you because of your community size, because of the purple check mark. I'm not, I'm not trying to negate anybody's you know, opinion on that. Um, but I think, I think it's a lot more convoluted of a problem. Um, I think people make it out to be a convoluted problem when it's actually something really, really simple. Um, where if you're just genuine and you treat people they, the way that you want to be treated and you don't have expectations, uh, life becomes really, really simple that way. I love that answer. <laughs> yeah, that's something I had to learn. I'll tell you that much, man. <laughs> there, yeah. is, there is a lot of things, a lot of mindsets that I had to change um, in order to have the good mindsets that I think I have nowadays. Um, and, and that's just something that, that comes with time. And you got to kind of work at your own pace and, and learn at your own pace or else you end up just kind of accepting ideologies for no other sake than somebody else did. So I'm just going to do it. You really have yeah. to, you have to experience it yourself and then learn for yourself. That's great. That's great. Well, we don't have too much time here, um, but I have a couple more questions that I just want to run by you before we end. Yeah, it's true, man. I'm, I'm um, under no time constraints whatsoever. Awesome. Um, one thing I would definitely want to talk about is this. I, I found it on your website today this uh, streamer encyclopedia that you have on there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is super cool. And I think that anyone looking to uh, get into this, that is an incredible resource. Thank you. Thank you. That's something that I haven't given as much attention lately. Um, but again, you somehow being in my brain, um, <laughs> I was <laughs> tomorrow night, which I am now realizing that I'm not going to be here. Um, but sometime this weekend, I want to do a stream where all I do is update that encyclopedia and have people in chat suggest things to be added or removed from it. Like I, I want to make it up to date. So I'm currently planning um, and for you or for anybody that's listening to this in the future, the, it is a Wikipedia pretty much. I want anybody and everybody to suggest what they think would be beneficial. Um, so I want to do a stream where I literally just sit there and ask guys, what's missing from this? What can I add? What's a video or a guide or something that really helped you that we could put into this guide? Cause there's so many people that, that hit me up for 
questions, both general advice and technical. And I can Mm -hmm. just send them that link and go, Hey, read up on this. If you have any questions after the fact, let me know nine times out of 10, I don't hear from the person again. Yeah. Um, And it's, it's not because I don't want to help because I do. It's just way more efficient for me for you to do the reading on your own. And it's going to be better for your brain and your learning process to go through reading it for yourself, testing the things in your own lab and kind of going from there. Um, So I appreciate the kind words on it, man. I I've been building that thing for years. I love it. I use it all the time. I push people towards it and it's an ever growing tool. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a book of links almost. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's not meant to be like the, the Bible, right? It's not meant to teach you the way it's meant to give you the path to learning the way. Yeah. And it's, and it's broken down into every category you can think of, of emotes and finances to web hooks and lighting and and cameras. And it's great. I I'm super into it. Thank you. I, you just made me realize that I need to, I just invested in some new lighting. And when I say invested, I mean, uh, less than a hundred dollars. Uh, I got two temperature and, um, brightness adjustable led panels, um, two power supplies and two boom arms, I think for like a hundred dollars, like $112. And it's, I mean, it's basically an Elgato key light without the Elgato stream deck tie in and they work amazing. Yeah. I think I, I saw them behind you in your, uh, like, we'll like, we'll begin soon backwards camera you got going on. Yep. Yep. Um, and which actually quick strategy, um, going back to talking about having countdowns, if a lot of people say like, you know, I like having a countdown because I need time to post my going live tweet. I need time to edit commands for the bot, set up another camera where your face is not the primary focus, set up a back cam, a top cam, a fucking wiener cam. I don't know. Set up something (laughs) to where people can see that you are there and that they can interact with you, but they aren't expecting like an immediate response to a question because they know that you're getting set up. You have something that says getting ready. Um, So people see that you are reachable, um, but your attention is not 100, um, 100% focused on chat. So that's kind of like a, a strategy that I use is that I use the back cam when I'm ramping up because I'm doing all these things. I'm, I'm editing commands. I'm doing going live tweets. I'm posting on discord. Um, but I don't necessarily want the primary focus of the stream to be me yet. So that's why I aim the camera at my back. Yeah. I think it's really cool and it looks really good. So. Thank you. And that's something, you know, talking about production value, this is an ongoing, you know, this is building on an office for six, seven, eight years, you know, slowly adding things. And there's still a lot that I like to do with it, but I am very, very proud and very humbled to have the, the setup that I do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Thank you. Who are some underrated streamers you would encourage listeners to go check out? Ooh. Okay. What do you consider if I was to throw a concurrent viewer number at you, what would you want me to stay under? I would say at least not partner, not partner. Okay. So this is uh, I obviously, um, if I don't shut on my girlfriend, I can't get laid. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the, I fell in love with my girlfriend's stream before she was my girlfriend. I, I was a, a viewer, um, not a creeper. I was just a viewer. Um, sure. th- th- yeah. Right. That turned into a friend <laughs> and, um, we actually, 
we both got dumped by our significant others within the same couple weeks, which was crazy. And then so when we started hanging out in each other's friends groups, we started talking, we got friendly and then, um, you know, and then we started dating. But uh, she, I fell in love with her stream before we were even friends. Um, so Matt Weenie, M-A-T-W-E-E-N-Y, uh, middle-aged stream. He's one of my best friends. Uh, he is a uh, middle-aged father and coach for his day job and has a very like uh, single-player retro and Star Wars oriented channel. Um, he is hilarious. He has an amazing community and uh, he's one of my best friends. So underrated for sure. He's great on your podcast as well. And he's on the podcast. That's right. Yeah, he's um, he's somebody that came onto the show as a full-time guest uh, probably over a year ago. And, and he has been an amazing, um, an amazing co-host and an amazing friend. Um, Conbot789, he's one of my homies. He actually lives uh, pretty near my hometown. He is a hardcore memer. Um, <laughs> and he actually puts a lot of time into like doing skits. On on his stream, he does like these talk show skits. He does skits with his dad. Uh, he does like commentary, like video game commentary. Um, very unique, something that I haven't seen uh, in a good while. Uh, he makes me laugh a lot. That's cool. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, game with Gray is probably one of the most nicest, most humble, most heartwarming and just fantastic people that I know. Um, she's somebody that I met through somebody else. I got to hang out with her at TwitchCon. Um, we've become very close o- over these past couple, over this past year or so. And uh, she's awesome. Again, amazing community. Um, is very, very artistic with her uh, with her stream and how she does her overlays. Always somebody that I have looked up to. And um, I've always, always been proud when, when she smacks her... Uh, you know, when she smacks her goals and stuff, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. I'm trying to think of any other, there's going to be so many people that are mad at me that I'm, that I'm not calling <laughs> out. Uh, that's what everyone who's said has come on here has said. It's been like, oh man, I just feel bad for not shouting out anyone I'm forgetting. Right. And I know that there are, the, the first thing I think of is like, okay, friends, like the friends are the first people I think of. Cause you know, you want to build up the people that are around you. Yeah. Um, and then you start thinking of like, okay, who out there is actually doing something different is actually, excuse me, striving to create a little bit different of content. Um, somebody that uh, I certainly vibe with very hard. Her name is rebel Ruby underscore. Um, she sort of, she has a huge passion for cameras and, and photo and video. Um, it loves doing artistic streams. She loves cooking and just somebody that I get along with really well, both her and her boyfriend, Bishop GP, her boyfriend is also on the Crocs and Hot Pockets podcast. Um, he was somebody that I would mention, but he currently isn't streaming. So eat shit Bishop, <laughs> but he's, uh, he is also like one of my, one of my favorite people to be around and, um, both him and her, uh, both work in the industry, um, both very, uh, passionate about technology and cameras and photography and art. And they're just, just great, great people to, to be around and vibe with. Um, that's awesome. I'm going to look, I used to have a streamer role in my discord. Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll go with those. I'll go with those names. Those are kind of like, uh, those are my go-tos people that inspire me, people that I look up to people, uh, opinions that I respect, you know, obviously with middle-aged stream and Bishop being on the, on the podcast, those are two dudes that I'm not afraid to disagree with. And they're two dudes that I know that will give it to me straight um, in a, in a calm and respectable, respectful manner. 
And it's why I always have so much fun with the, uh, with the podcast. Yeah. I love it. Thank you, man. I, I love it too. And I didn't always love it. Um, I considered canceling that podcast uh, a while ago and that's when I really decided to make some changes on the format and, you know, how I prepared for that show, preparing for that podcast, you know, used to take me five to eight hours, um, to do, to prepare the script, to generate the overlays, to set up the bots, you know, just to do everything and then edit it afterwards and post highlights was so long. And and now I can prepare for that show in in less than an hour and it's way less daunting of a task. And I think it's truly, truly shown that I enjoy it way more now, um, than I ever have, even though I, I thought that I loved it back then. I, I truly love it now. That's awesome. That's great to hear. What pieces of advice, what few pieces of advice would you give to um, streamers looking to start streaming or <laughs> prospective streamers? Ooh, um, don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think that we, I think we have officially gotten to a time where Twitch is not the only um, wrestler in the ring. Uh, there are obvious other platforms now that are starting to starting to make strides. I would argue that um, I would argue that Twitch probably isn't the number one go to. Uh, you you could probably have just a good a time starting up on Mixer or YouTube uh, or shit even uh, Facebook at this time. I don't necessarily think this is my personal opinion. I think Facebook isn't on the same platform as uh, as Mixer and YouTube, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Um, man, there, there's so many things that I could say. Yeah. Um, the one thing that really makes a difference, and I, w- I was going to bring this up earlier, which made um, when we were talking about having people at the beginning of your stream. Um, mm-hmm. I got into streaming not knowing that people made money off of streaming. That was right foot. Yeah, that was getting right on the that was getting started on the right foot part one. Part two was already having a quite sizable group of friends that only existed online that already shared the passion for gaming. Yeah. Um, so starting streaming, even though I streamed to less than four people, you know, my first year, I very rarely had no one in chat for an entire stream. Uh, because I always had people that I already knew that I was already friends with that wanted to support what I was doing in chat. So those two things made the start of my streaming career way easier, like way easier, not knowing that you can make money on Twitch. You start with a completely different mindset mm-hmm. and it and honestly makes me sad that most people don't get that right. Cause yeah. they say, Oh shit, somebody's playing video games and making money and they're having a really good time doing it. I want that too. And then they just kind of follow suit. Um, so I, I think it's amazing what the Twitch affiliate program has done with bringing revenue to smaller streamers. You know, uh, how many affiliates there's, uh, is it 430,000 affiliates right now? Oh, that's a large number. Yeah. Something like it's an, it's an <laughs> insane number of affiliates. Um, it has changed the game for streamers, um, like us. So that is amazing. Uh, I would say, before, if streaming is something that you want to do, make sure you go around and you spend some time and you make some friends beforehand. Because if you just go live and you don't know anybody and, and nobody, you don't have anybody that will come by and, and at least say hello for a little bit, starting is going to be really, really rough. 
Yeah. Uh, I will say at minimum, you need to have a good audio game. But, you know, before when everyone and their mother had a, a fucking Logitech G930 headset <laughs> and that was the standard for audio, uh, it was OK. But nowadays, streamers, our viewers will not tolerate shit audio. Yeah. So do yourself a favor. It's spend a hundred bucks on a decent USB mic um, to make your audio listenable and, uh, and and you'll have a better time. So, yeah, just um, go back to not having any expectations of anybody. You're never going to know if this is for you unless you try it. So just start doing it. Make some friends. Don't have any expectations of anyone. Uh, don't compare yourself to other people when you're beginning. You know, you you are your own car and you are your own road. Um, and, and while there may be other people merging on and off, um, it's always going to be you on your own road and, and you can't measure your own success. Um, you know, on, on, on the success of others, it's going to be, it's going to be really difficult for you in the beginning. If you do that, um, I'm, I'm trying not to come up with the most like cliche <laughs> advice ever. Um, I'm trying, trying to think of the things that help me the most coming up. Um, Obviously, you don't need the best hardware to to make a, a good stream um, happen. Uh, it's all in your it's all in your personality, and you're gonna suck. Just enjoy sucking. Just if as long as you're learning <laughs> while you're sucking, you're moving up, and that and that's really all that matters. Those are those are all very good pieces of advice. <laughs> all right, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, final question. Yeah. How many five-year-olds do you think you could fight before they overpower you? Oh, man. Five-year-olds are pretty fucking strong. Uh, yeah, they're bigger than you'd think. Yeah, because that's a kindergartner. Um, and I have... <laughs> when I used to work in a school, I would walk into a classroom and then I, I would get tackled by just <laughs> all of these raging children in a good way. Um, I would say if you have a five-year-old on each limb... I would say it would take two or three before you would be immobile, like before you could cease yeah, to yeah. keep moving. So I would say one, two, three, four, five, six. You got one on your back with their arms around your neck. <laughs> I would say Seven, nine. Nine. I would, nine is the number where you are. You are stationary. You can maybe muster up some strength to move a leg here or there. But after, you know, 10 or 15 seconds of trying to move because yeah. I don't know. What's the average weight of a five-year-old? I don't know. Hey, uh, hey Siri, what's the average weight of a five-year-old? I found this on the web for what's the average weight of a five-year-old. Check it out. Oh God. She just gave me a bunch of answers. Okay. Uh, let's see. Weight, average child and baby weight by age. <laughs> We're getting we're getting scientific with this. Let's see. I, I mine says about forty pounds. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, nine forty pound <laughs> meat sacks on you, and you're trying to move. Uh, so okay, let's let I will lower my answer to eight. Um, I would I would say eight five year olds. Yeah, that's especially a, that's still. Kicking. I don't think I could take eight. You don't think so? I think I, think if I, I could I had, take like five or six, maybe. Wait. 40 pounds? That's a chunker. That's a, that's a big <laughs> child. Um, yeah, I think if you had... Like, you know when you have, like, a kid sits on your, your foot and you can, like, walk with them on your feet? Yeah, yeah. I think I, think I could muster up two kids per leg. 
um, one kid hanging on each arm. I don't think you're going to have any more than one. Yeah. So no one, way. two, three, four, five, six, seven. So let's say I'm going to say seven. And that's, that's without one that's like hanging out off your head or your yeah. neck. I think that's a logical answer. I, th- I think that's a good answer. Yeah. All right. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me everywhere uh, with knackers at three A's. So the, the places that I exist the most are Twitch, Instagram, and Oh my God, Twitter. So Knackers, <laughs> N-A-A-A-C-K-E-R-S. Uh, I just created a TikTok that I haven't used yet. I would like to use, but um, I haven't mustered up the, the courage to do so yet. Yeah. Uh, I have my second podcast uh, called Audio Snack is on Anchor. That's at anchor.fm slash audio snack. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram is where I'm at um, the most. That's where I spend the most of my time. And if you happen to enjoy cooking, building keyboards, talking tech, um, finding other streamers to kind of talk and collab with. Um, those are kind of the things that my, my discord is centered around. Those are like our main topics. Um, so if you happen to find a link to my discord on my Twitch channel, um, I'm in there all day, every day. That's awesome. Uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. You have to let me know when this airs. Cause I, I'm going to tweet the shit out of it. Cause I think there was an insane amount of great conversation that was had today. And I think it would be a really, really cool thing to have a lot of pe- uh, people hear it. So I really appreciate cool. you taking a chunk out of your day to, to hang out with me and, and ask some questions. I had an absolute blast. You did a fantastic job of being an interview uh, interviewer and uh, I, I had a great time. Awesome. I had a great time as well. Uh, you're welcome back here anytime. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. If you ever, if there's ever something like, Oh shit, I want to talk about that with Nacris. You just hit me up, man. I'll be game for this anytime. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Absolutely, man. <laughs>